0: Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even one dollar can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on to the show.
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 231 of the Bat Fans Podcast, the only time of the year where we say our actual name of the show because it's a new year, 2022, <laughs> and we have to reveal our new name for that year. But before that, we just say the Bat Fans Podcast, so uh, yeah, our first episode of 2022 he is here. So, Dane, welcome. How has the new year been for you so far? Uh,
2: Kind of awful, Tim. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I hate to that. say it. Yeah. uh well i got covid uh it, it it didn't hit me that bad um i have my my vaccination i just didn't get my booster um so you know i just had minimal i guess you could say um effects of covid right um just had a sore throat a cough um a runny nose that's about it um so yeah, the vaccine really helped. Um, I'm sure. Um just gotta <laughs> just didn't get that booster. Uh my girlfriend got the booster. Uh she was perfectly fine. It's like nothing even happened. Um so definitely uh if you're vaccinated, get the booster. If you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated. Um, you know, it really does help. It helped me, it helped my girlfriend. Um and yeah, uh this, this uh, new year sucked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, there's still a lot of 2022 left. But as we yeah. know, each year goes by quicker and quicker. So sucks that it got off to a bad start for you. But glad you're doing okay. And it wasn't a serious case of COVID. So glad to have you back.
2: Yeah, it's, it's good to be back. It's good to be back outside.
1: Yeah. <laughs> to get go places,
2: uh, <laughs>
1: you know. <laughs> yeah, so... I guess, as I mentioned in the introduction of this episode, a new year means a new name for the show. And as always, it's going to be something totally unexpected, something totally non-relevant. But (laughs) um, we got one for 2022. And Dane, I'll throw it to you to make the reveal and the explanation for the official name of the Bad Feds podcast for 2022.
2: Okay, so like I said, I I got COVID. Um, So from December 23rd to uh i want to say december uh, uh sorry january 12th i think um let's see uh sorry the 11th oh, no no the sorry the 12th i have been stuck at work i mean sorry stuck at home so um <laughs> yeah thankfully i wasn't stuck at work but I, i've been stuck at home so i've been doing nothing at all so i have been playing uh, a lot of video games. So I played uh, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I beat it. I, uh, I played all the expansions in Ireland and then in Paris. And so I I, uh, I came up with uh, two names initially. First name was uh, Pig-Faced Ugly Dane. Uh,
1: <laughs> Which was hard and, to pass up, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was
2: really hard for you, Tim. I know that. The second one was uh, Dublin Dane. <laughs> because they, they, they refer to the Vikings in, in that game as Danes, no matter where they come from. Uh, you know, you know the, the Viking you play is from Norway, but then they, they just call her or him uh, a, a Dane, right? <laughs> um, almost as an insult, you know? Almost as like a, oh, well, you're just a Dane, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, that's what it sounds like, but it's <laughs> uh, so
1: much fun for you playing through however long it took you to beat the game, hearing that probably a bunch of times.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, uh, get out of here, Dane, or, um, we don't allow Danes over here. <laughs> like, wow, How specific, uh, for me, for this game. Um, so, uh, yeah, in, in uh, in, in the, uh, Ireland expansion, the, the wrath of of the uh druids. Uh you you go to Dublin and uh they refer to a character as a Dublin Dane, so I thought that was a cool, a cool name. So that's why we're going with it.
1: It does have a nice ring to it. Dublin Dane. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, never been to Ireland, never been to Ireland, but
2: you know, uh uh it it, it just sounds right. Yes. Right? <laughs> So So there you have it. That's our new name, Dublin Dane.
1: Twenty twenty two, we are officially known as Dublin Dane. (laughs) Maybe we could say with an an Irish accent too, as we introduce each (laughs) episode.
2: (laughs) Well, we don't want to be offensive (laughs) by ruining uh,
1: our accent. (laughs) (laughs) Good point, because I know I'll probably have an awful one. (laughs) You as well. All right, so. In the first episode of Dublin Dane of of 2022, as always, we got to kick off each episode by continuing our minute-by-minute commentary and rolling into the new year with Fellowship of the Ring, minute 20 through minute 21. So too bad we couldn't be at minute 22 to kick off our first episode of 22. Didn't quite match up to that, but (laughs) Um, we're still going to be continuing on. I believe we're still at Bilbo's birthday party, so... Um, If you want to grab your DVD player, your VHS player, your LaserDisc player, your Betamax player, um, your HD DVD player, your Blockbuster membership rental card, your Netflix physical media disc in that red envelope, your DVHS copy and player, and still alive and kicking in 2022, your VHS to converted DVD copy. So unless there is another dead media format um, that happened in 2021, I think that's all of them. <laughs> uh, we'll see what media format kicks the buck kicks the bucket in 2022 that will add to the list. But uh, for now, grab all those, go to minute 20, and I'll give the countdown if you are ready, Dane. All right. Three, two, one, play. As the fireworks go off into the night sky. I always forget, too, that in the shot right here where there's, you could see a Hobbit band playing in the background that uh, Pippin is actually in the band playing like a, a banjo type <laughs> instrument that I totally forgot oh, about until I was re-watching the special feature documentaries and he mentioned. That, I was like, oh, yeah. I don't think you get a clear shot of him. You really have to be paying attention to the background in order to see it. Yeah.
2: So is that the girl that he ends up with at the end?
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. Rosie. This had to be cool for those seeing it for the first time, seeing people mention the events of The Hobbit. To Peter Jackson's children right there. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> the <are> kids? <laughs> yeah, they have cameos in each movie.
2: Oh, just like he does, right? Yeah. Uh, they're I don't in... think we came up to his. No, not his yet. Cameo. Yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, his children are in this shot right here. And then in the Battle of Helm's Deep, where like the women and children are hiding underneath in the caves, there's some shots of them there. Then in Return of the King, it's when I believe Faramir and uh, uh, Gon- uh, Gondor soldiers are making their way back to Asgilius. Uh, and like the townspeople are kind of throwing flowers at them sent seeing them off and there's shots of his kids there. I believe that's where they're in. And that then battle think,
2: never, that, that, that battle never made sense to me. The the Helm's Deep one. It's like let's back ourselves
1: into a corner. Right? Well, the Helm's Deep has never fell fell to anyone, so they figure that's the safest place. It's impenetrable. Or yeah. I should say was impenetrable. <laughs> so yeah, I mean like
2: it's like Let's uh let's not fight on an open battlefield. Let's uh go to a, a a tight area where we can't get out. Yeah.
1: Well it would've worked if uh Starman didn't invented uh dynamite in the movie <laughs> and blew up the wall. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he invents dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah, well, I guess we'll have a lot to say if we ever make our way to Two Towers in a minute by minute commentary, but <laughs> we'll cross that road when we get there yeah. many years from now. <laughs> so, as always, at the beginning of each year with our episode, or I should say, our first episode of the year, uh, we always like to do our annual recap of our favorites of 2021, and we'll continue with that for this episode. As always, we break it down between favorite movies, TV shows, comic albums, just video games, all that type of stuff. So uh, I guess we could kick off with probably what I see. I always forget what we usually start off with. But for some reason, I think we should do movies (laughs) to kick off. And for me, I don't think it's going to be any surprise of what my favorite movie of 2021 was. And it was nice to have comic book movies kind of come back in full force this year, but we had a lot of releases um, this year for comic book movies. And it was great uh, to have them back and be able to be able to see them in movie theaters again. And I think no other movie in confidence how great that was than Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, I know Shocker, he <laughs> just heard us rave about it on our final episode of 2021, uh, giving a review of that. And I've seen it three times now and it's just It's just amazing. It's my favorite Spider-Man movie. It's one of I think the best comic book movie. Just how they encompass so much of what you love about Spider-Man as a character, giving a great story and development for Tom Holland's Spider-Man character while at the same time celebrating the history of Spider-Man movies with the appearance of Toby Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and several of the villains. It just all came together for just of an an, an amazing spider-man movie pun intended so um to me it was there was really no contest it's hard to top that especially amongst the comic book movie genre that's just it couldn't be beat so um, i know it's not a shocker but spider-man no way home definitely my favorite movie of 2021 and i'm curious to hear yours dane because you just recently saw a comic book movie that became available (laughs) on Disney+. Plus. I'm wondering if that's going to take the top spot for you now. But let's hear what's your favorite movie of 2021.
2: Yeah, so I'm going to say two movies, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I don't don't know if it's just because it's, uh, you know, one of them is fresher than the other one Uh, or not. But, uh, of course, Spider-Man, No Way Home. Uh, But the second one, yeah, is Eternals. I saw it yesterday. On Disney Plus, and I just think it. I don't see why people have problems with it. Uh, the pacing, maybe. Um, you know, the, the, there was some scenes that could have been cut shorter, especially the scene in the Amazon when they go and try to find, uh, or they find uh, Druid. Like I, I, I felt like that. Should have cut a little, little bit shorter. Uh, but besides that, I just enjoyed the movie. I, I love the characters. I like how they're re- referencing what happened in the MCU, but this is an entirely different thing. And I think this is Marvel's most interesting, um, most thoughtful, um, most different I guess you could say movie um, that they've ever made. and I I don't see why people have a problem with it. Uh, maybe it's the long running time, which yeah, you got a point. Um, it, it, it is kind of long uh, uh, it, it's it's longer than it needs to be, but uh, overall, I really like the characters. I know nothing about the Eternals, Tim. Mm-hmm. I absolutely know nothing. This is not like... Yeah, I've heard of Thanos, but kind of don't know what he did. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know nothing about any of the Eternals. Yeah, uh, I want in the exact same way, yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe that helped. Um, because I know you liked it, Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like it. Uh, Chloe Zhao... Makes you know movies look beautiful. Uh, she did that with Nomadland and she definitely did it with Eternals. And I, I one thing I do appreciate is actually shooting on on location, right? of course, yeah. so we're not on a sound set with uh, you know, a fake background, which which a lot of the Avengers movies had. Uh, so it, it was great to be. On location, right, um, and that's one thing that sets it apart. The thing that sets it apart is there really is no. It, it comes off really cold, especially in the beginning. Um, there isn't that friendly, warm, "Hey, I'm Spider-Man" sort of thing, right? Or I'm. We're the Avengers, and we do jokes, sort of thing. Um, it starts off really, really cold. Uh, kind of don't know what's going on, uh, especially for people like you and me where we we don't know anything about the Eternals and their whole deal. Um, And it's this weird space thing. And it's like, it's it's really stark and it's really cold in the beginning. And then you start learning about the characters and uh, their little intricacies. Um, And it's sort of like the reverse of these Marvel movies, where you know, um, take Hawkeye for for uh, for example, where you're along the journey of um, uh, I forget her name was it Kate Bishop, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You're you're with her in that journey where she becomes she she's uh, an archer, and then she meets she or she's fights crime, and then she meets Hawkeye, and on and on and on and on and on. This is like they're established already, they're doing their thing, uh, protecting Earth against the Deviants. And then you start learning about them uh, in the current day. And I thought that was interesting, too. Um, so, overall, I, I really liked it. Um, I, I really don't have a bad word to say about it, except uh, I, I felt like some parts could have been you know, cut a little shorter. Um. But yeah i this is marvel's most different movie uh and i really appreciate it for for, uh, for that
1: yeah it definitely is and i knew this would be one. i think i even said this when i reviewed it in our episode how i just think this would be the marvel movie that you would really like because it is kind of unlike any of the other ones <laughs> you can just kind of go into it fresh not knowing anything and get engrossed with its story and characters so I'm glad that proved to be right. (laughs) That
2: was another thing, too, is uh, I was actually engrossed in the story. I wasn't like, you know, okay, well, let me check Twitter while uh, Spider-Man's going on about uh, how how much he loves MJ. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was actually engrossed.
1: Yeah, because uh, the one thing, right, this is where my nitpick came with the movie. All right? Cause I did agree it was a little too long and certain things could have been cut. It was the, kind of the subplot that was going on with the, uh, the Deviants where the, in the beginning as the initial threat that it all worked. But the one I forget its actual name, but the one that was kind of evolving and becoming more humanoid that became like uh, Angelina Jolie's character, like her foil to face at the end. It just felt kind of something for her to that for doing that fight sequence at the end it wow. just didn't really develop into much it didn't really need to be there with the overall course of where the story went at the end with Icarus being revealed to be the main bad guy and one they were trying to take down that other deviant that evolved just felt unnecessary and kind of took away from the focus of just being on the main uh, crux of what the final battle was going to be against Icarus but that was pretty much my only nitpick about it
2: yeah um you're hey you're probably right that i don't think we really needed that beat, beat beyond the uh you know we're just trying to survive sort of thing
1: exactly um
2: yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that could have been their whole thing so so you, you, yeah you're probably right on that but um didn't see that icarus thing happening <laughs> yeah i mean um I that, that that took me totally off guard I'm I, I'm wondering if that's a comic story or not where he sort of turns against the the other eternals.
1: I don't um, think it is, but again, yeah. I, the eternals didn't they didn't have too long of a run anyway. so it's like I'm pretty oh, sure really? that most of the stuff in the movie was yeah. kind of done for the movie, but I'm not one hundred percent sure on that. but I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of I guess they took a lot of liberties with some of the <laughs> source material about it originated from because yeah. it really wasn't that long oh i see
2: and this was a jack kirby thing yeah Mm -hmm. or was it a okay yeah um i do have to mention tim i i do have to talk about one of the greatest characters that marvel has (laughs) ever created uh the mcu has ever created i guess you could say um uh one of the greatest characters of 2021 uh, probably this new decade that we're in. Uh, probably this new century that we're in, the, the wow. 21st century. Are you making uh, that claim? <laughs> yeah, let's say it. Let's say it, Tim. Uh, that is a character named uh, Dane Whitman. <laughs> I, I do have to say, uh, is probably my favorite character in MCU. He is. No kidding. <laughs> he is smart, right? He's an academic. Yeah. He uh, is good looking. You know, Kit Harrington is a good (laughs) looking guy. (laughs) Uh, And he gets the girl at the end, kind of. For for a little bit. (laughs) For a little bit. For a little bit until, um, uh, what's his his name, Ashram? (laughs) Uh, Takes him. uh, Takes his love away. He has to go and get his cool sword. His cool sword, Tim. He has a cool sword again that he does yeah you know, that's another good quality um and he gets to talk to Blade yeah. <laughs> which is really cool um so the, the most complete character in all of the MCU yeah. <laughs> the coolest character and the greatest character is all in this one movie so yeah uh Dane Women this is why this is the best Marvel movie
1: <laughs> I was gonna say that's the real reason why you love it right <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. I think the only way it could have been better if his if his uh, name was Dublin Dane. That would have been the, the top right there.
2: Well, you know, movie takes place in in London for the most part. Um, London is close to Dublin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> kind of sounds alike a little bit.
2: <laughs> London, Dublin,
1: yeah,
2: same geographical area. <laughs> You know, let's uh, l- let's call it a Dublin Dane, Tim. <laughs> All right,
1: <laughs> I'll take your, I'll defer to you since you are a Dane, so. <laughs> um,
2: so, so yeah, greatest movie ever made, greatest character ever made. Um, that's why it's my favorite movie of 2021. <laughs> uh, well, well said. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, uh, seriously. Eternals is something different. I didn't expect to like it that much, especially when it comes to Marvel, uh, Marvel movies. You know me and uh, these Marvel movies, uh, I just don't get it. Uh, I fell off the bandwagon uh, a long time ago and just having trouble uh, getting back on.
1: And I'm and, there to fill uh, in the blanks and questions that you have whatever you do try yeah. to catch up. <laughs> it's just
2: essentially every single question yeah. about the MCU right? Um, so yeah with, the, with this turtles movie I'm so glad it was different I'm so glad it looked different um, I mean there, there was that sort of Marvel look um, that you used to see in um, in these Marvel movies but um, there's also scenes where, like, uh, they they first pull up to uh, Ajax's house, mm-hmm. you know, in uh, South Dakota, and it looks completely, completely different. Um, so, yeah, just everything from the look to the story to the characters, um, just to, like, the overall attitude that this movie takes. Uh, it, it's so different from what Marvel has done before. Uh, that I I really appreciate it, and I guess now I can now that I've said that I can kind of see why people don't like it. Uh, it's it's just a different thing, and yeah, I I know people want more of the same thing, but like you, you just kind of kind of gotta like move past that that what you've known of the MCU before and view this as a totally different thing and that's what i appreciate it for and that's why i love it and um yeah this is a, to me anyway this is my favorite marvel movie uh and this is a great movie so yeah just leave it at that
1: cool well i'm glad you enjoyed it like i had a feeling you would so.
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: all right so from favorite movie and let's move on to favorite tv show of 2021 and this one there was a ton of comic book shows you could have choose from. The MCU made its debut on Disney Plus with WandaVision, you had Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Loki, and then Hawkeye to finish it off, and not to mention um, uh, DC continued with Season 3 of Titans, and I know all the uh, CW Arrowverse shows are still going on, but I kind of fell off that (laughs) since they had the Infinite or Crisis on Infinite Earths um, special, which I felt was the good wrap up to those series but still continuing on it's just something i haven't been into (laughs) as far as what they've been doing on those series so no knock to anyone still watching them i heard superman and lois is really good i saw the first few episodes of that and i did enjoy it It's just something where i just haven't had a chance to keep up with it i would like to go back and finish the season and i still got to go back and watch star girl season two because season one of star girl was really really good and i heard season two was good also so definitely got to go back and uh, check that out as well but there's no shortage of comic book tv shows but um also star wars had a great uh, showing for uh tv series in 2020 also but mainly in animated form and that's what's going to take my spot for my favorite tv show of 2021 and that is star wars the bad batch and i was excited for this series when it was announced and we even talked about uh, the first few episodes when it premiered. But as a series as a whole, I just absolutely loved it because you know how much I love the story of the Clone Troopers and that aspect of the Star Wars universe and the, how the series dived into showing the aftermath of Order 66 and how the clones reacted to that and just kind of fell into place with the Empire and still seeing some that didn't really fall in line. Uh, those first few episodes were just great at that. And then you throw in the dynamic between the Bad Batch uh, losing one of the members and crosshair and him staying with the empire and struggling with his inhibitor chip. And then you later find out he removed it, but yet he's still going along with the empire. Just that whole dynamic between those characters, which is so great. And then you get to the finale where uh, we saw something that was tough to see, but so beautifully done, which was uh, the destruction of Topoka city on Camino. I mean, that was one of the biggest questions I've had Um Ever since it was introduced in Episode Two, 20 years ago now, uh, which is hard to believe, but just what did the Empire do with Camino uh, and the cloning facilities? What happened? And now we got the answer in the Bad Batch, and it was tough to see as the Empire laid waste to it and just took, removed everything, all the research, uh, pretty much done away with the Kaminoans and just took it all for themselves, and just had even had clone troopers destroy their home, their home uh, city. It was tough to watch but at the, sen- at the same time like I said so beautifully executed by the crew behind the series so um as like I said as someone who just loves the clone trooper story in Star Wars it's, it's, there were just so much to love about this series and uh that's why it ended up being my favorite series of 2021 and it looked beautiful too the animation on it was just top notch some some shots even looked like it could have been in a live action movie that's how great it was so yeah, a lot of stuff to choose from, especially in the comic book genre or just like genre TV in general. But uh, good old uh, Star Wars animation <laughs> took it took out the win for me in twenty twenty one with the Bad Batch. I love that series.
2: Yeah, so this one is gonna be really hard for me. Uh, Bad Batch was great. I for all the reasons you said. Uh, another reason I I I I love uh the Bad Batch that I don't really see being mentioned in you know Star uh Star Wars spaces, I guess you could say is uh uh I I really like seeing uh Order 66 in real time yep. uh from characters that are affected by it, right? They are affected by it, but uh they're they're not Jedi right it, it's it's not from the Jedi's perspective mm-hmm.
0: right
2: um but i i love seeing order 66 in real time and i uh i i, I got I, it almost makes me want more of that like yeah i, I want to see order 66 from a regular citizen of any planet you know um i, I want to see their perspective of um order 66 but um yeah, for all the reasons you mentioned, I I love the Bad Bash, the the, the character dynamics between all of the all of the members. Um, is is really good to see. Um, what the, the second one I got to mention is, and you're going to be surprised by this, Tim. So okay. Hold hold on to your pants, Tim. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I oh, wow. <laughs> really enjoyed it. I didn't expect to like it. Um, I, I thought it was just gonna be uh, you know okay, this is this is your Marvel, standard Marvel thing, and we're gonna introduce a new character, and that's gonna be it, right? Um, didn't didn't expect to really really like Kate Bishop. I really like that character. I, I I don't know if it's. Uh, uh, I forgot her name. Is, is, it is, it, Steinfeld? is it Steinfeld? Yeah. I don't know if it's her acting or the way she's written or the combination of the both. Or, uh, yeah, I I really like her. I really like the character of Kate Bishop. I, I like how she's acted. I like how she's written. I like how she interacts with um, Hawkeye, where she's kind of a fangirl, you know, but mm. she's trying to like, hide it. But, uh, and I really like the story of how, like, they're, they're going up against essentially her family, right?
0: Yeah. Um,
2: pretty much. Uh, I really like that aspect. Uh, one thing I will criticize the show about, I think they should have killed Hawkeye in the show. I just really think they should have mm. done it.
1: But just to have her, uh, like, fully take on the mantle of Hawkeye yeah, moving forward. Yeah.
2: Have her do it, right? Instead of, like, okay, well, Hawkeye's just enjoying chatting, spending time with his family. But in the end, I am wrong, uh, because I, I guess it's a better decision to ha- just have him, you know, exist in, in the universe and he's just hanging out with his family and doing his own thing now. He's not Hawkeye anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I, I really liked that show. I didn't expect to like it. Uh, probably my biggest surprise of the year, uh, was was Um, Hawkeye.
1: I'm definitely surprised that that is one of your favorites.
2: Yeah. Uh, My favorite show, however, is one that didn't... I don't know why it wasn't promoted at all. Uh, It was based off a book I read uh, a couple years back. um, And I I really didn't think much of the book. I I thought it was interesting, but I, I didn't really... I just didn't really connect with it. I I, I kind of like the story uh what they did but um that show is uh Station 11 on um HBO Max. Uh it's it's it, it's it's about a uh I I remember reading the book and I was like okay well it's it's about a pandemic and uh you know that'll never happen right <laughs> uh, ha, ha, ha so um,
1: unrelatable <laughs> Yeah. So
2: um yeah, it's probably Station 11. It's it's a story about a girl um who she starts off as a girl. She you know, she's an actress and uh, on she she's a stage actress doing ham uh King Lear and um the pandemic happens and all this other stuff happens and um it's it's the cinematography, it's the acting, it's the fact that they did something different with the show, um, uh, they, they they went in a completely different direction than what the book does. Uh, I I really really enjoyed it. So probably Station Eleven is my my talk show of the year.
1: Okay, yeah. I don't know yeah. If, when you said the name, it kind of sounds familiar, but I don't remember. I I couldn't tell you what it, what it looked like, like seeing a trailer or anything like that. So exactly, you should probably should check it, that out. <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: it's 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 kind of based around this uh, this graphic novel called Station Eleven, and you know the it, the, the graphic novel plays big into the post apocalyptic pandemic world. Uh, no zombies Tim. That's <laughs> <Sounds> good. <laughs> uh, it's 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 a flu <laughs> that takes over. Um, and uh yeah i i really enjoyed it uh it's it's so sad that uh hbo didn't really promote uh at all uh i i just saw like a little tweet about it that they sent out and then um and it, nothing after that so yeah probably station 11 is probably my favorite show of the year really hard uh because of bad batch
1: but um yeah yeah probably station 11 oh, i have to at least check out a trailer for it. <laughs> yeah other honorable mentions i'll say too i just finished the recent uh season of cobra kai season four that was still a solid season uh for continuing that series which i just love that series it's, some of it could be ridiculous but it's just <laughs> so much fun to watch i just love those characters seeing them interact yeah. together just really fun stuff and then no, sweet no, tooth I, from I, earlier I this year can I ask you a question about Cobra Kai? Oh, yeah.
2: Um, so I am like a couple of episodes in. Um, do they ever get over the... Uh, uh, I'm with you. I'm not with you. We're together. As Miyagi-Do, uh, uh, we're not. Yeah. So the- there's,
1: there's a few more bumps in there, but by the time you get to the end of the yeah. season, yeah, I think that's finally come to a point where that's going to be over with.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, because... That's a little, that, that's grinding on my gears a little
1: bit. And I could understand that. There has to be a point where yeah. something gets resolved, where they're like working together, or they're not going to try to work together anymore. But yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, okay. One thing I'll say too, of uh, I don't I don't think it's a spoiler. You know, there's going to be a tournament at the end, right? <laughs> that's yeah. what they're building yeah, towards. Yeah, I will yeah, say I'm at the
2: point where they're broken up. Uh, Miyagino and um, so like Eagle Fang. Eagle Fang, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are um separately uh doing their own thing like uh eagle fang has to get a girl yeah uh, to, for, for the girls competition and then Mia, yeah, you know has to get a guy for the guys uh the, the boys uh competition yeah
1: yeah so when he gets to the tournament i will say for me anyway i felt the outcome of it were a little bit predictable by kind of how they were setting it up but At the same time i did like the direction it went as far as the outcome of the tournament so um, that was the only kind of point where i thought i could like kind of know where this is going at the same time i still enjoyed it even though i didn't know so i'll see if you feel the same way once you get to the point where they're at the actual tournament
2: oh so like like you can see it coming like oh, okay so
1: like who's gonna win yeah Uh
2: yeah oh okay
1: yeah and things and what a, another great thing I love about the series is that at the end of each season, the way it ends, it just makes you really excited for the next season And <laughs> when this one's the same way. So I'm looking forward to season five, which I believe they already filmed. So hopefully it won't be too much of a wait.
2: Wow, really?
1: Yeah. Huh. At least most of it anyway. Maybe not all of it, but I heard the majority of it's done already. Oh, So this season was filmed before the pandemic, yeah. Um, no, it was during because I've seen some behind-the-scenes oh. stuff and everyone's wearing masks and stuff. So. Oh, I see. I see, but maybe they wanted to get ahead just in case things got worse, which they kind of did. Yeah. So maybe they did film yeah. season five quicker than they normally would have. Yeah, it was
2: surprising to see um, that Eternals was filmed before the pandemic.
1: Oh yeah, it's been it was delayed yeah. a while. It was supposed to come out in yeah, November yeah. twenty twenty, I think. Yeah. Oh, wow yeah oh, so that okay. was a full year delay yeah yeah i
2: see
1: so yeah but the other show i just wanted to mention was uh, sweet tooth i kind of forgot that came out in 2021 looking back on it but, <laughs> but that was one where i knew nothing i heard of it i seen images of the comp but didn't ever read it and then watched the show because the concept did seem interesting to me and i really did enjoy the show but then uh, i know talking to you about it made me want to Read the actual comic series, and I love the comics. that That final issue is one of the best conclusions to a comic story that I think I've ever read. The whole journey that took place in those comic series was great. So I, I love the show for what it uh, for what it was, but I love it even more for making me want to dive into the comic and really <laughs> liking and loving what the comic did too. So um, Sweet too had to give an honorable mention as well. Yeah, I totally forgot Sweet Tooth. So. See, there's a lot of stuff yeah. this year when it came to TV shows. Yeah, it's
2: completely... Yeah, it, it makes me wonder what I'm forgetting. I think it's
1: Yeah. Show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so those are our favorite TV shows for 2021. And I guess we can move on next to favorite video games of 2021. And for me, this is probably the first year where I think there was only one... Brand new video game I played in 2021 that actually came out in 2021, which was uh Ratchet and Clank for the PS5, and that game was great. It looked phenomenal. <laughs> the graphics were mind blowing. Like the first true, uh, the game on the PS5 where I felt, man, I'm playing a next gen game right here. And of course, Ratchet and Clank games are always super fun, and this one was no exception. So I love that game. But the majority of games I played were remasters of some of my favorite games from 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> so, so that was the majority of my game gaming for 2021. And the one I got to give my favorite of 2021 to is going to be the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Um, I've said before how much I love those games, but replaying the Legendary Edition just was like playing them again for the first time and just falling in love with that series all over again. It was because it's been a while since I've played them. Mass Effect 3 came out in 2012, so just about 10 years, and even longer for one and two. So just being back playing those games was just an awesome reminder of how amazing they are, just how great the story, the characters, kind of the gameplay design of it was just, I just love it so much. And i just been on a Mass Effect uh, kind of binge <laughs> ever since I started playing uh, the second one because I played, when it first came out, it came out in May, and I played the first one right away, which was great. But then, I took a bit of a break because Skyward Sword, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword came out not too long after that, and Ratchet and Clank, like I said, so I wanted to play those two. So I didn't play Mass Effect 2 until like during the fall, but once I played that, I finished that all the way through every side quest, and then I just had to go straight into Mass Effect 3, even though there were some other games that I wanted to play, but I just had to experience all of Mass Effect <laughs> when I was just that deep into it, and uh, it just like i guess like i said just a great reminder why i love that franchise so much and uh how i just can't wait for a new game in the series that we know is coming i even uh bought all the comics that came out for it because i i had a few issues uh that that were mass effect 3 tie-ins but i never read um any of the others which some came out during the time of mass effect 2 and i just wanted to get all of them and there was a good sale on comiXology where the entire mass effect comic book collection you can i got for like 25 bucks so i've been reading those lately and that's Great expansions to the the universe and just some of the characters that it's focusing on. It's just really great. So, yeah, even though it's not a game, officially a new game that came out in 2021, it was a new release in 2021, and uh, that's the one I just enjoyed playing the most this whole year. So, yeah, I got to give mine to Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Uh, my uh, game
2: of the year for 2021 is a game that I played In 2022, but came out in 2021. Um, so I got
1: the new Xbox.
2: (laughs) Oh, so you did get the uh,
1: Xbox? See, I thought. Yeah, you sent me a message on Xbox Live. Like, oh, cool, Dane's back on Xbox Live. I just thought you turned on your Xbox One. (laughs) I didn't know you got a Series X. (laughs) Uh, I got the Series S. Oh, the Series S. Okay.
2: Yeah, I I figured I shelled out for the the top of the line place PlayStation model. Uh, not the just Xbox. The, <laughs> a, Yeah, the two for one. Because it's not that big of an Xbox fan. That's uh, fair. I love the idea of the Game Pass. I really like that. Uh, yeah. Where you get the the AAA day one, um, you know, uh, Microsoft titles. Um,
1: I know how great is that. I mean, you could play you like know, the new
2: Halo, the new Forza, just right away.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I
2: only buy xboxes for forza horizon (laughs) um it's it's probably one of my favorite uh franchises it's it's the one i've played probably yeah yeah you know i'm gonna say it's it's the one that i've played the longest from forza 2 um i i and with forza 5 they did an amazing job. I, I wasn't sure how the, the, the whole theme of Mexico would be um, because they did such a great job with fours of four, as a four uh, with uh, you know, pretty much the entirety of Scotland uh, down to northern England. Um, it was just so lovingly done. Uh, everything looked beautiful. Um, the season system... Even though it was a little irritating at, at times, where like <laughs> if we're in winter, it's winter in the game; if we're in fall, it's fall in the game; summer, it's summer in game, sort of thing. Um, even though that could be a little irritating, I <laughs> I really love Forza Four. It um, it was it was so well done, but Forza Five, I don't know how they did it. They they tapped themselves. Um, from the setting, I love Mexico. Mexico is a beautiful country. Um, it's, you know, with the, with this dense sort of uh, rainforest to these beautiful, beautiful cities. Um, I forget the name of the city. Uh, it, it's the actual city in Mexico, but um, they did a really, really good job just, just going from what I see in the game to pictures on the internet. Of the city, I, it's it's like a it's it's like a one for one copy of the actual real world hey. city. Um, to to going out west to the the Pacific Ocean and the beaches and the sand dunes, and uh, going up north to the mountains where there's a little bit of snow. Um, they they just did a really good job with the with how it looks. Uh, especially the sound design, um, you know, with the with the rainforest, you hear the birds, with the sand, you hear the uh, the ocean, the mountains, you hear the wind. Um, it's it's just like this complete package, and and, and, and with the cars, the, the cars sound more different. I I know that was the the big criticism of Forza Four was the cars sound almost exactly the same, but overall, it it it, it was it was more just. They, they invested in the exploration of, uh, Mexico. Whereas sort of like the previous iterations of the game is more focused on the racing and less about, you know, uh, c- can you go up here and check out this, can you go uh, climb this mountain, uh, in a all-wheel drive or a four by four? And, uh, can you go check that out? Um, and you know, the, there's this other interesting place. Um, you know, uh, can, can you go take pictures of? Can can you go take pictures of these ancient statues? Uh, can you go take a picture of the the, the Mayan uh, temples? Can you go? You, you can go into the Mayan temples, um, and it it is just sort of like the combination of all of this. The sound design, the the graphics look amazing on the the new Xboxes. Um, and just the whole set if it really feels like you're in Mexico and, and you're going from, you know, north, south, east, west, um, different landscapes. And it, it just feels like a, a a whole complete game. Um and so yeah, uh, that that's why it's my it's my favorite uh game of uh the year, I, I really can't stop thinking about it. After we're done with this, I'm probably gonna hop on my Xbox and <laughs> go explore uh Mexico because uh yeah, it's uh it's it's such a beautiful game,
1: yeah. Yeah, it does look awesome. The graphics, or sort of. I mean, I'm not much of a racing gamer, <laughs> like, probably like the yeah. last real racing game I played was Gran Turismo 3 on the PlayStation 2, so <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. I, I my kind of my favorite racing were more the arcade style, like the Burnout series. I love Burnout Three. Like that game was awesome. Yeah. But like as far as like the actual like simulation type racing game, Gran Turismo three on the PS2. was <laughs> probably the last <laughs> one I ever played. But I remember that yeah, being like, mind blowing.
2: Yeah, and I I guess that's kind of the point where I, I really like how they expanded on the other things, right? Sure, you can go racing if you want to go racing. Um uh, you know, it it uh it has a really deep um, customization aspect to it, where where you can really customize your your, your cars, your trucks. Uh, but there, there's like the this other aspect where it's just like you can go exploring. There's fun other fun activities to do that has nothing to do with racing that they really expanded on in this game from Forza 4. To four. Uh, so. Yeah, I I just really like how they expanded the game. I, I I was really wondering how they were gonna top themselves in fours and four, considering they did such a good job with, with uh Scotland and England or the UK, I guess you could say. But uh they really topped themselves with this Mexico game. I <laughs> I have nothing negative to say about it.
1: Awesome. I guess if long, you're a racing fan, it delivers on everything you want want it to be. Like, how can it not be your game of the year? For yeah. so. cool. well Like I said, though, glad to have you back on Xbox. So <laughs> when I'm on, yeah. like, nice to see your name that you're online.
2: <laughs> and I did download the 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 Mass the the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I did no, too, that and,
1: just came on Game Pass. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I just saw it and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do Tim a favor. I'm gonna. I mean, I. I I'm gonna really, really take a deep dive into Mass Effect and uh, really criticize it and break Tim's <laughs> heart.
1: <laughs> that's not gonna happen. Cause you're gonna love it. I mean, you you just played a little bit of the first one, right? No, uh, Andromeda. Oh, that's the only one you play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see i haven't even played that one because i've heard it's really no. not gonna i think I, I i'm gonna have to at some point just because i just love that universe so much i should get the full story yeah. of everything but that I, I said they, before yeah I was, uh, i'm sorry go ahead i think we're both gonna go into something but no. you can go um maybe they
2: updated it but <laughs> when i first played it uh it was such a broken game No, oh, yeah, uh, game know. breaking game breaking y you, you have to go back in your saves to uh to uh, unlock yourself from uh or to be able to play the game or to unlock yourself from um getting stuck you know so maybe they updated it maybe it's good now I haven't gone back obviously but um yeah i <laughs> it's it's not my favorite franchise uh because it was such a, a bad experience.
1: That should that should never have been your first experience of Mass Effect though. No. Yeah. <laughs> it should definitely be the first game. So.
2: so so I was watching the the intro
1: on YouTube,
2: right? Uh on a Let's Play. Okay. So can you explain something to me? Um so you're pretty much just an explorer then.
1: Mm, not really, no. <laughs> you're in the military and you're, they're, they're, you have a clear mission of what you're supposed to do but there is exploring but that's not your main goal it's not what you're really supposed to do
2: yeah but on the the first mission on that first game it's like a research facility you gotta go to a re- research facility to
1: you have to investigate a
2: situation uh, that's happening there right, so. right, they got attacked by somebody right yeah okay, yeah. okay.
1: But you have to do me me this favor when you do it, Dane, when you play. You have to create your own character. Don't just use the generic design they have. Create your own character. It makes it more fun. (laughs) Okay. Because it really feels like it's your experience. It's your story. I'm
2: going to make them look awful, and I'll send you a screenshot.
1: (laughs) Uh, Make them however you want, but I definitely want to see a screenshot of your Commander Shepard. Yeah,
2: I, I will do that. Thank you
1: all right so that's our favorite video game so i guess now we can move on to our favorite comic issue of 2021 and this one i don't think it's going to be a surprise either and we'll see if we're on the same page here dane but mine is going to be teenage mutant ninja turtles the last ronin issue number two and that came out at the beginning of 2021 i believe it was february but as we reviewed on the episode here when it first came out how much I absolutely loved that issue. I mean, the series in general has been awesome, but that issue in particular—it just blew me away. The, from its storytelling, its artwork, its characterization—it was just—it was like the complete package of everything you want in a comic book. The way it balanced the flashback sequence of because we know most of the turtles did not survive in the story. We saw how Raphael went down, just how brutal that fight was with him and Karai, and how they took each other out. And then you just move, and then what's the story taking place in the current future timeline? Was Michelangelo being reun- reunited with April, and just how different their characters are? This everything that's happened, seeing them re- reunite was so great. But then the moment that just truly blew me away is when Michelangelo was telling his story and his flashback of what he did when uh, everything went down against the foot, and he lost contact with his brothers, and how he just went into exile, and how the artwork was done by Kevin Eastman in that classic. Mirage style, black and white, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics that they originated from, and it was just so cool to get that as part of the design and look of Mike Michelangelo telling his flashback. So everything about this issue was just so brilliant, brilliantly done, and the other issues have been great too. But I just think it's going to be hard to top this one, and we got one more issue left in the story to see how it ends, but. I just, even then, I don't think it's going to top what we got in issue two. It was just so, so well done. And I don't think no comic book that's come out in 2021 has come close to how much I love that uh, single issue. So, yeah, for me, it's definitely without question The Last Ronin, issue number two. It just blew me away. And just every time, like, I've gone back and read it a few times, and I just continue to be blown away whenever I do read it. It was just such a fantastic issue.
2: Yeah we're going to agree on this. Thing.
0: <laughs> I had a feeling.
2: <laughs> uh, I, I, I will say, um, also the Sophie Campbell TMNT run, uh, uh, ongoing. It's really mm-hmm. good. Um, yeah, for e- every reason you said, uh, last thrown in is really, really awesome. Uh, TMNT returns pretty much. Um, you know, like, Dark Knight returns, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it's TMNT returns, um, except better, I'd say. And uh, one thing I didn't expect, or one thing I really want to talk about is the shock factor of uh, them dying. I guess you mm-hmm. could say, especially with that yeah. first issue where uh, Rack dies i just reading through that issue, and then, like, okay, so... Uh, Karai... I mean, not Karai. Ah, oh, man. Am, am I getting my characters mixed up, Tim?
1: No, he did fight Karai in that issue. That's, oh, yeah,
2: yeah, Karai, yeah. right. Yeah. Karai and him uh, go underwater, and then they're stabbing each other, and then... uh, uh Raph, you know, floats to the bottom, and I was like, okay, but he's coming back, right? He's coming back. <laughs> like the, he's, he's gonna jump out of the water and he's going to be all right right and no he's dead and j- j- just sort of that shock factor first reading that comic and then doing it again and then doing it again you know it's, <laughs> it's uh it wasn't easy to see that No, <laughs> no. Uh, and it was shocking and it's yeah it is definitely from the art to the story to everything was was amazing but uh or is amazing but uh the last run
1: yeah
2: so I agree with you uh definitely my favorite comic of the year
1: cool yeah it's hard it's hard to go against that one yeah i totally agree yeah. all right so I guess last we can do is our favorite album of 2021 and for this year was a pretty solid year at least for the bands that i like because we got a new foo fighters album we got two weezer albums <laughs> which was awesome and the first one that came out uh earlier in 2021 okay human which is weezer doing songs with a full-blown orchestra i love that album that was really good something different for them and it's a lot of good solid songs that um was just really cool and almost made it to the top spot but the album that actually is going to be my number one of 2021 is from the band Wolf Alice, and I'm not sure if you're too familiar with them, Dane. They're an alternative rock band from uh, London, which they're big over Wolf there, one? but they Wolf Alice. Wolf Alice. Yeah. Okay. They're they're big overseas in like England, but they didn't haven't quite hit it big over here yet, which is the same because they're really great. They've become like one of my favorite. I say new bands, but they're not really new anymore. I first came across them in 2015, but yeah, they're ones that have become one of my favorites. And this album, Blue Weekend, was really good. And there's just a great mix of style. I just love how each album they've made so far have been totally different, but yet all of them solid. And this one is no different. It's more, it has more of like a, there's songs that have like a jazzy feel to it, but then you got your fast punk songs on there. Then you got these like piano ballads that remind me of some that the Beatles did, like Hey Jude. It's just a great variety of stuff that's on this album. And they come from kind of a more alternative hard rock background. Like the first album was really good and has some more like heavy distortion songs. And that's the stuff I love about their sound the most. But this one is has a little bit of that. But even though they go in a different direction, it's just still really solid. You can just tell they're great musicians. And just this, this album, you kind of see them just grow as musicians and just songwriters as well. So it's just something that when I first heard it, I didn't think it was quite as good as their first two, but the more I kept going back and listening to it, and it probably was my most listened to album of 2021, the more I appreciate it more and probably not my favorite album of theirs because their first one that came out in 2015 is still my favorite, but this one is right under there now. Just, I just really come to appreciate it the more I listen to it. So yeah, that's gonna be my favorite album of twenty twenty one, Blue Weekend by Wolf Ellis.
2: It seems like uh their second album is the one with, with all of the acclaim.
1: That one did really well too. I am yeah. not gonna lie about that. But that's this one I felt on that their second album, there was a couple of songs that weren't my favorite that I kind of skip, where like their first first album and this one, I don't skip any songs. First album and My Love is Cool. <laughs> yeah. They came out with a few EPs before that. Their EPs are good, too. Yeah, how did you find out about this band? Um, I'm trying to remember how exactly. I think it was actually, believe it or not, one of the few times I was... I think I was in a car where I didn't have my iPod or any type of player, and I was listening to the radio. And mm-hmm. the song, one of their songs came on called um, Mona Lisa Smile. That was the first song I heard from them. Oh, that sounded cool. It's, like, it's all back to good old, like, hard alternative rock back from the 90s. So then I listened to their album, really liked it, and been following them ever since. But I think that was the only time I actually heard them on the radio because I'd never heard a song of theirs on the radio since. But that's, yeah. Because there is a YouTube channel that I watch where I kind of find out about discover new bands, uh, ARTV. And I've heard or got more familiar with them through that channel as far as seeing how many albums they had. But I did first hear their song, um uh, Lisa Smile on the radio. That's when I first heard up. That's always a good feeling when you hear something just so unexpected for the first time and you really like it. Then you dive into the band and you really like <laughs> the rest of their stuff too. Yeah. That it is kind of a rare thing when it happens. Um
2: yeah my my favorite uh album of the year was again one that I was waiting for um from a an artist she uh uh called uh Lingua Ignata. Or I think what Ignota, um, or Kristen Hader is her name. I I um, came across her work because it it was just like oh you, you gotta listen to this album her previous album called Caligula um, you gotta listen to this album it's, it's like one of the, the the most difficult albums to listen to and so I I did <laughs> difficult albums I, yeah I I didn't really understand it um. I I listened to her her first album, I guess you could say, called All Bees, I guess you could say, <laughs> must die. Um, uh, but I I went back to her her second album Caligula, and it finally hit me. Um, you know she she's a classically trained musician. Um, and her first album was more, you know, like this industrial nine inch nails sounding album and her second album was essentially a metal album it's it's a black metal album um, and it's it's extremely extremely heavy with the content it's it's about domestic violence it's about being a a victim of domestic violence it's uh, <laughs> it's um it's, it's 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 not it's more like Okay, so I I was a victim, and now I've gotten over it. It was more, I am a victim, and I haven't gotten over it, and it's really hard to get over it, and I'm I'm having a really hard time getting over it, and maybe I won't get over it, and you know, using that black metal sort of style to say those things, you know, uh, grabbing you by the by the throat and screaming in your face, um, is Something that I really, really had to wrap my head around, and I finally got it. And I, it's, it's Caligula is probably one of my favorite albums of, you know, I'd say like the past ten, fifteen years. Wow. Um And it, on top of all of that, you know, the whole concept, and you know, the the, the musicianship, it's, it's like she is a great singer. She's a great singer and she knows how to layer her voice. She knows how to sing in different styles. She's a classically trained musician. Uh, and just the whole complete package. And to, to read more about that, that album and to, to hear that she uses the worst takes that she does. And she includes she, that that's the final take. Her worst take is her final take. Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's like, wow, that your worst take, sounded like that and you know it's 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 she she's just a great singer and um you know adding that black metal screaming to it um really it 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 really brings that whole theme of domestic violence and how like that really how traumatic that can be into perspective you know especially when somebody you know in in the most nonviolent way can grab you by the neck and scream in your face and um, tell you how they're feeling, you know, can be. So uh, that was one of my is one of my favorite records, ha- uh, hands down. So she she came out with another record this uh, this past year in twenty twenty one called Sinner Get Ready. Um, and I was just wondering, like, what was she going to do after this this amazing, you know, monumental album? Uh. You know like what do you do after that and is she is she gonna be screaming that black metal scream uh that shrieking scream um but no she she did something completely different uh it's it's more rustic it's americana uh themed music it's more classical music
0: hmm.
2: um you know it's and uh it's i guess you can tell from the the title it's it's about Uh, religion and how she struggles with religion and she is religious. She's at least thematically Catholic, um, but she struggles with it. You know, she, she loves God and she, you know, devotes her life to God and to only God. And how can these bad things happen to her? You know, and, you know how, how how can she get in a bad relationship? How can she you know suffer from the traumas of domestic violence? And um, you know she when she does nothing but praise God, and she also criticizes you know the fanaticism of religion. It's you know to, she 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 puts in clips of like uh, Jimmy Swaggart how he you know praises to, I mean he says he's this this man of God and. You know, does all these right things, but then he has affairs and with with these sex workers and sort sort of thing. And how come he lives a life of luxury while she does nothing but praise God and does nothing wrong? And she, you know, sort of gets the gets the bad stuff, right? Mm -hmm. She she has to live with it, and she has to live with all this drama, and um. It's, it, it it took me a long it, these records take me a long time to come round to the theme, but at the end you know she she's like it's you know she, she she battles with this that sort of theme of like how can she you know be praising God, but like all these bad things happen to her, but at the end of the day she still loves God and she wants to go to heaven and you know um you know paradise will be mine you know, re- regardless of what happens during my life. And I thought that was such a beautiful message. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm not religious, but that's something I sort of respect about people that are religious, you know, these bad things can happen, but at the end of the day, you know, I still love God and, you know, paradise will be mine because you know, like the last song is essentially a a hymn that could be sung in, in a church somewhere, in a Catholic church, Christian church, I don't know, maybe even a Jehovah's Witness church, you know? Um, You know, it's it's such a beautiful message at the end, and that's what really surprised me. It's like, you know, especially coming off of her last album where it was more of like a, you know, I am, you know, the beast, and I am, you know, maybe I am what they say I am. Maybe I am worthless. Maybe I am, you know, this sort of thing um but you know with this album it's like you know she, she has this conflict and then she resolves it in a in a sort of peaceful and i don't know i guess you could say like a faith-filled way you know uh, at the end it's 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 what being a religious person is you know having faith and you know i i guess at the end of the day it's uh it's it's a beautiful thing and it's such a beautiful record and such a beautiful message. And it really surprised me and it really it it it, it really made me uh feel uh great, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Even though she's talking about, you know, she she's like she's still she's still talking about the the after the, the trauma of domestic violence and like how she's she feels isolated and you know she nobody believes her and all these sort of things and she she has this conflict with God and with the church and but at the end of the day I guess it's personal faith that really you know is is really the message and that you know paradise will be hers sort of thing. So that's why it's my my favorite album of um, 2021.
1: Dang. Well, that's all like some heavy stuff. Like now I understand what you're saying about being difficult. Listen. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It took me a long time to really, uh, to really understand it again. Maybe if you're religious, you can sort of, you know, pick up on it, but it took me a little bit to like, uh, really focus on what, what really she was saying. Cause at first I thought it was just criticism of, 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 of religion and sure it's there if you want it. But I guess the whole message is like, you know, it's, it's like this conflict. And at the end of the day, what makes you religious Tim is faith. And like mm-hmm. that promise that, you know, paradise will be yours. Yeah. Well. So, so yeah, that's why, Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's my favorite
1: album. I do like what you were saying too, how, vastly different each album it's like you said one's like the heavy metal the other one this more recent one like says has some orca kestrel stuff in it too so whenever artists do that that's something i always appreciate when they switch it up and change directions on different albums
2: yeah something completely different uh no screaming no black metal screaming it's more of a singing sort of thing um yeah yeah so that's why it's my favorite album yeah i have to check it out
1: all right, so that's I think that's about does it for our favorites of 2021, covering all the entertainment <laughs> mediums that uh, we've experienced for the year. As always, it's fun to do and try to remember too what stuff came out over <laughs> the year because I think as each year goes by, there's more and more great content, especially for us nerds and geeks and who like all this genre stuff. So, always fun to look back and try to remember what our favorites were. But to continue on, uh, Kind of recap a few big news stories that have happened since our last episode. Um, I guess we'll start with the more recent, which just came out yesterday. And that is we got our first look at Leslie Grace as Batgirl in her full costume. And she sent a tweet out, quoting um, a line from Batgirl year one, was an image of her in the Batgirl costume standing on the rooftops of Gotham and boy does that costume and does she look perfect <laughs> as barbara gordon's batgirl what i saw i was like oh man talk about being ripped straight out of the comic uh this is exactly what this image is and it is the costume is one of the more recent batgirl uh costume designs see i probably should have looked this up sorry that i did it but i know it's the one that came out when batgirl had a relaunch i don't believe it was rebirth i think it was pre-rebirth i th- I think it was when dc was doing that dcu promotion which was part of the new 52 but i can't remember for sure but it is one of her more recent costume designs and it was a design i always liked in the comics and i think it looks great in live action just kept that classic batgirl color aesthetic um, kind of with the purple the yellow cape uh, but also having that design of the costume that's more modern too so um, i think it looks great she looks great as barbara gordon and i think some news that's came out from Background since we last recorded is we got some more casting details where I believe it's been confirmed now that Michael Keaton will be in this movie as Bruce Wayne Batman and also um, uh, why Why am I blanking on this actor's name when uh, <laughs> J.K. Simmons so especially after just coming off of seeing him in Spider-Man No Way Home and <laughs> but J.K. Simmons will be rephrasing his role as Gordon in this movie too and I think he was even surprised about that <laughs> that he got the call for this as well. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see the timeline and just uh, how it takes place, I guess, after flashpoint, how things are going to be, um, the universes are going to be now, because obviously you got Michael Keen, Keen in it. We know his Jim, James Gordon was Pat Hingle, And, but, uh, JK Simmons Gordon is being this, in this, uh, movie. So we know there's going to be some universe melding going on. It looks like, but, um, but I'm just excited that they're going to be in it. I'm glad, um, Flash, Point, is it going to be the only time we see michael keaton as batman and then just having jk simmons as gordon who was good in the few scenes he had in justice league as gordon and wanted definitely wanted to see more of him so glad he'll that'll be the case in batgirl so yeah this movie just shaping up to be really really cool from what we're hearing about the casting and then uh, now getting this image i'm excited for it there's also been some set photos that have leaked out and i don't know if you saw this day but there is one of, they have of a mural of Batman and Robin and it does look like the Michael Keaton Batman it's the black suit but it's not one he, he wore in a movie maybe it's something we're going to see in the Flash movie but it was also beside him is Robin and it was Robin in the classic costume and it wasn't the Crystal Donald Robin it definitely wasn't <laughs> and so again I think it's we're going to get some type of universe melding where they're going to take combinations from the different movies and film universes and put them together so it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out but um, just in regards to Batgirl, I'm excited for what they're doing um, in this movie. So I uh, can't wait to see more of it and eventually get a trailer. And I wonder, too, if it's going to be moved from HBO Max to a theatrical release because, I don't know, it just seems too big to have it be limited to that. Because Blue Beetle just got bumped up from HBX, HBO Max only to a theatrical release, which is good news. So hopefully they'll do the same for Batgirl because I think it's going to be something you're going to want to see on movies, too. So, yeah, it's looking really good. I'm excited for it.
2: What they should do is they should do a uh, which uh, oh, Wayne's brother was supposed to be, um, Robin. oh, yeah, Marlon Wayne's, yeah, Marlon, right? right. They, they should do a picture of him, that would have been uh, a cool one, yeah, picture, yeah. Do <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> was suppose to be in what uh, Returns, or yeah, was it, uh,
1: to be. yeah, well, Robin uh, was originally supposed to be in Batman 89, they had that storyboard sequence, but I'm not sure if they were considering Marlon Wayne's until Batman Returns. I think uh, that's how I
2: it was, but it. I see. You know, let me ask you a question, Tim. Um okay. you know uh No Way Home. Uh-huh. Uh, uh I, I I've just been scrolling through Twitter and then like um you know, ever since that movie came out, and there there's been there's been like these these articles where like it it's been saying like, oh Tom Holland says that uh, when they were filming the that climactic scene, he was eating a sandwich. Or <laughs> T- Tom Tom Holland says that the ultimate scene almost never happened. Or Tom Holland said that the opening was originally supposed to be this. Or Tom Holland says that uh, the the script originally had uh, rhino in it or something, right? Uh-huh. Uh, it, h- how are these Sites getting this information is it from like press press interviews that they're yeah. reading? Yeah, I know he's
1: done a lot of from, interviews. Yeah, before and I but, think he's doing starting to do some more now after that it's out. So I assume that's where they're getting them from because honestly yeah, I haven't I like read that. those ones at least the ones you're mentioning right now. But
2: no, 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 I just made those up. I just made those up. Too.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Like well, see, I, I, that's the thing. So those like, are the type of like, questions you usually get.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's like, like. um are, are, are they reading, like, the press interviews and then, like, oh, Tom Holland said this, and then writing a whole article about it? Yeah, that's, you know how those yeah.
1: sites work. That's usually how it yeah, always yeah. go.
2: <laughs> yeah, just for, like, a clickbaity kind, yeah. of kind of thing. Yeah. I see. Yeah, I was just wondering, because I saw, I saw like, a bunch of those um, that, that were, like, um, you know, like I said, like, oh, Tom Holland was eating a sandwich during the climactic scene and the climactic singing was supposed to be different or toby McGuire was supposed to originally fight jock ock in a in a warehouse um in england right? <laughs> or something you <Yeah>, right? <laughs> know just those things yeah i was just wondering about that
1: no yeah that's easy you say one quote a bunch of sites will take it as a whole article and gotta write like yeah. <laughs> a million paragraphs just on one bit of one <laughs> Quote he said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, "But I'm sure he did say oh, sorry, something like that." The, surprise the, uh, sorry,
2: the uh, Batgirl <laughs> uh, image. I I like you. Really like it. Tim. Um, uh, it looks great. I think it. I, I think it was from the New Fifty Two of him when they relaunched uh, the Batgirl book.
1: Well, it definitely it was... wasn't the first costume one. Background number one came out for the new 52 because that was more the black costume so it wasn't this one but she did get What's a new it? look I think later on in the new 52
2: wait so in the book line she was a black
1: yeah um, yeah the one by Gail Simone yeah 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 it was the black one
2: mm. I could have sworn it's from the new 52
1: No, it probably is Uh, a new 52, but I think it's probably when the new creative team took over and they kind of had a little relaunch. I think that's when she got her new suit, which looks like this one. uh, Okay. I just don't remember exactly when that was. (laughs) Yeah. No, but yeah, it looks cool. But can you believe, Dane, I'm sure this is going to shock you, but there are complaints about it (laughs) from social media. Uh,
2: What is it? Don't tell me. It's about her body.
1: I think I'm sure there's all over the place, but from what I've seen, it's like it's too it looks too fan made or too homemade or something to that effect. Where it's like too uh, fan made. Yeah.
2: <laughs> in, in, in what sense? Like
1: like it's just a uh, cosplay, like, it's cosplay. Like someone's doing a cosplay. Yeah, I don't I don't know where they're getting that from. Because to me, it just looks it looks taken straight out of the comic and how it would look in live action. That's how it looks. Which. <laughs> looks good but apparently what not it for looks everyone like to me, you
2: know what it looks like to me uh it looks like um it looks like a flight suit. you know that like a jet pilot yeah there?
1: i can see that mm.
2: yeah it looks like that and she took that and colored it purple and then put the bat you know the back girl's sign on her and the, the utility belt, the cape. yeah Looks like that. I mean, it looks fine to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't... see
1: what's not to like about. It. I mean, I could understand if it's not your favorite Batgirl costume, because she has had different costumes throughout the comics. Maybe you do like that black one we were talking about, but just kind of see, you know, the over overreaction. All these type of yeah. uh, releases get. It's it's never going to change. Is, no matter how good something looks or how you think perfect it looks, and there shouldn't be any complaints about it because it looks exactly like a Batgirl costume. But nope. <laughs> I,
2: I, I I really like the 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 cowl. I like the ears and I like um, the, the the parts around her eyes and the forehead part.
1: Yeah, that's so a good point. I'm glad, uh, you. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the ear. That is a good ear length because you know how I could be real picky about <laughs> ear length <laughs> on that as And I think Batgirl is really good. It's a good, nice length right there. Not too short, yeah, not too long. Like,
2: looks like the Returns, uh, cowl. I mean, the the Batman 89 and the, the Returns, cowl, except with uh, pointier ears, mm-hmm. sharper yeah. ears. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, yeah, so yeah I, like, I, I
1: love it. Yeah. yeah, it was a cool surprise to get last night. She just tweeted it out, like, kind of out of the blue type thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some other news stories that I wanted to mention. Um, oh, wait um, that...
2: One thing, speaking of criticism, we got to talk about
1: of Boba fest Oh, <laughs> this <laughs> last week's episodes, yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I saw it better. You didn't really like it.
1: Um, no, I liked I it. Loved I just, uh, the episode in general I really liked, but there was aspects of it where I didn't love, but at the same time, it's not worth getting upset over. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, and I know people are criticizing it for, uh, you know, that Boba Fett isn't, you know,
1: what you thought he was going to be. Well, but, that's a whole another topic that oh boy I could lay into those people, <laughs> or that I should say those complaints.
2: <laughs> and, and like the truth is, is that you don't know nothing about Boba Fett.
1: Exactly. Like,
2: he has like what nine lines in, yeah. <laughs> in six movies, and so like, I mean, if that two movies, I guess, well, you could three say. movies,
1: three one as a kid, three. two as a a bounty hunter who, like you said, doesn't have very many lines. <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly, and like, you don't know anything about Boba Fett or what he's like, and...
1: Unless you watch the Clone Wars, you, you do get a good idea of what kind of he'll come into if you watch those Clone Wars episodes. Yeah, um, and, and, and you do
2: understand that he's not doing the bounty hunter thing, right? He is doing something different, he's a he's a mafia boss, you guys understand that, right? You, you Star Wars fans understand that, right? <laughs> not all of them <laughs> he, he's doing something different he's a mafia boss he's not the bounty hunter that you're used to seeing in empire or in return of the jedi right uh, it's like i i, I want to make i want to make it clear that he's doing something different <laughs> He's not doing <laughs> the, the bounty hunter thing right he's, he's and, a mafia boss like it makes
1: it Pretty clear like, in those like, flashback like sequences too that he's a changed person, <laughs> for what yeah. he's experiencing.
2: Yeah, like like I don't know. Let's say Java, right? Java was a mafia boss. He wasn't going around bounty hunting. It's it's so he's a mafia boss. He's not, you know, the bounty hunter that you're used to seeing killing people, and he wouldn't be killing people because. You'd probably keep them alive to take him back to the person that made the bounty. Right. Well,
1: it depends if it was dead or alive, I guess, <laughs> depending on yeah. the
2: job. I don't know. I I, I just don't know why people are complaining about that chill. It's because they, they want people? to.
1: It's, it's, yeah. And I laugh at the people who are saying, oh, this is Disney like, fied Boba Fett. Like they're making him soft or whatnot. I mean, this was George. I have. George Lucas was planning all along to make Boba Fett not like the full on villain that some people want to be. Just look at what we saw in the Clone Wars and even the unreleased Clone Wars episode that we got where Boba Fett first gets his armor. He starts uh, becoming like the protege of Cad Bane. There's a deleted sequence. It's not, it's unfinished, but it's fully voiced where you see Boba Fett go up against Cad Bane because he doesn't want to put harm to any innocent people or uh, there's like a village that, they're trying to, I forget. Obviously, it wasn't finished. We don't have the full story, but Bane was going to either kill some people or kill people in this village, and Boba Fett wasn't going to have it because they were innocent, and that's not um, how he operates and how he does have a code of honor. So, all that was established early on. And if you really dive in and pay attention, if you really are a so called hard, hardcore fan of Boba Fett and you think they're softening him up, you got to look back to what was originally plan for the character what George Lucas was doing back in the Clone Wars and it makes sense that he would be on this path now in the book of Boba Fett so I think this Dave Filoni I mean thank goodness he's involved he's continuing on what I think was establishing what George Lucas was establishing for the character way back in Clone Wars how yes he is still that ruthless bounty hunter when he needs to get a job done but that doesn't necessarily make him a full-on villain he does have a sense of honor and a code that he goes by and that think that's on full you're seeing that in the book of Boba Fett so uh those complaints that just annoys me to no end it's just people trying to the same old hate on Star Wars because it's whatever the new Star Wars thing they have to hate on it because it's Disney Star Wars and they automatically have to hate on it it's just that type of nonsense how,
2: how, how can you soften a character that was introduced in the, in the holiday special yeah.
1: <laughs> well arguably the best part of the holiday special <laughs> yeah the only part, yeah, I, I shouldn't <laughs> say arguably, it is definitely the best, <laughs> only redeeming aspect of the Holiday Special.
2: <laughs> yeah, how can you soften a character anymore? You know, when he was introduced in the Holiday Special, but I
1: don't know, Tim. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> no, you're not, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm loving the series, though. I mean, um, yeah, I'm, I love it. Bad, yeah speeder bike chase sequence aside the oh, series yeah. has been awesome <laughs> That's,
2: that was one of the worst yeah. sequences i've seen in a long time long long time that looked awful yeah and, yeah, and the, of... the way that they, they they weren't grunting or saying anything or <laughs> yelling just like, oh you know I, I i i went over the the bump of you know uh crates or whatever and then oh i'm down yeah that, that <laughs> that was one of the worst things that, that aside. I, I really loved it. I, I, I really love the show. Um, I want the spin-off of, uh, Danny Trejo. Rancor, Rancor. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> I know. Now I like we got to see how he came in contact with that Rancor. See other Rancors. He's maybe trained. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That well, was, that well, was cool. Well,
2: yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love the show. I, 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 I really liked all the stuff went. Uh, you know, in the past when he when was with the uh, with, with the sand people. Yeah,
1: that stuff blew me away. Like, I wouldn't mind if the whole series was like that. That's how much I thought <laughs> those flashbacks yeah. sequences were great.
2: Yeah, and like, uh, especially because like the beginning, um, you know, the first two episodes, it was more like um, Boba Fett's going here, and then he's going there, and then he's going there. You know, sort of thing where it, it, it's, it's, didn't really have much to it where he's going to visit the governor. He's going to visit that casino thing. Um, there wasn't really much going on in that present time. Whereas like the more interesting stuff was happening in the, in the, in the past time with yeah, the definitely. seven people. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah I, I, I love it. The Boba Fett costume looks really good. I really like it. Uh, especially, with sun hitting it, I don't know. For some reason, <laughs> yeah, I, I like seeing it in the day. Uh, maybe, maybe it's because of Return of the Jedi. But yeah, I, I, I totally love the show, and I, I just wanted to make clear uh, that I, I wasn't crazy, and that you sort of agreed with me. Where it was like, you, you understand he's doing something different, right? Mm, he's not yeah. being the bounty hunter guy. He's being a mafia
1: boss. He's a mafia boss now, right? Yeah, it even says it in the second episode, too. <laughs> I am not a bounty hunter.
2: Right, right. He's a mafia boss. So I just wanted to make that clear so that I didn't feel like I was going crazy because like all I've been saying is like people criticizing him, like, no, I, I want him to be evil. Why can't evil guys just be evil? You know, how come we gotta change this the, the name of the ship? You know, how can we saving people now? <laughs> It's like, that's how you build alliances. You know, yeah. that's how you build if you're a Mafia boss. You know, you do some something good for somebody else and then, you know, they're in your pocket. But, I don't know. I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. too. Maybe we're no, both crazy.
1: No, we're not. It's the other <laughs> way around. Trust me.
2: <laughs>
1: <sighs> so, yeah, I've been more than satisfied with it as a diehard Boba Fett fan for so many years, so... I yeah. can't wait for more.
2: <laughs> yep. Especially if they announce the spinoff, which they are going to do, Tim, a whole lot of faith that we are going to get Danny Trejo, the Rancor Wrangler.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's the title right there. It's called it the Rang- Rancor Wrangler. <laughs>
2: nope. You got to say Danny Trejo.
1: All right. <laughs> say the
2: okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the only way it'll sell. <laughs> yeah. It's the
2: only way. Dane
1: showing up. it's <laughs> speaking on the TV front, going on to one of the other cool bit of news that I got excited about when it happened last week was that um, the Bat- Batman: The Caped Crusaders, the animated series, was which is when you think the creative team can't get any better with Bruce Timm, JJ Abrams, Matt Reeves, and James Tucker being involved. Now you throw in Ed Brubaker, who where it was just enough that he's going to kind of be like the head writer of the series and is going to be heavily involved with it and ed Brubaker, uh a really great comic book writer he wrote some batman comics but i think probably what he's best known for is his captain america run where he did bring back bucky barnes and pretty much created the winter soldier so i love what he's done both in marvel and dc and the fact that now he's going to be working on the batman series is just awesome like i said this the creative team for the show just keeps getting better and better and i just cannot wait to watch it and just get our first look at it and just uh, see what um, we're going to be in store for because I just think we're going to get a really special Batman animated series. Um, I don't think it's this year. Hopefully I'm wrong. I don't think they have a set date yet, but within the next year or two, I think we're going to get a real special new Batman animated series and I cannot wait for it. So that was a cool bit of news to get for uh, Batman and Caped Crusader, knowing that Ed Brubaker is joining the already impressive created team for it. And then I guess the last bit of news I'll mention is that this is happened a few weeks ago now, but I believe it was uh, the Monday after the Christmas weekend where it was a nice surprise to get a new trailer for the Batman. And I don't know if you're at a point, Dane, where you're staying away from watching any new trailers of footage for it. But I, I thought I was at that point we got into, that's always kind of a good point where to be excited for something and to see that you've seen enough footage of it and where you don't want to see too much, but when Matt Reeves sent out that tweet and I saw it, I was like, uh I gotta watch it. <laughs> and I did. And just like the other two trailers, it blew me away. This movie just looks awesome. The more I see of it, the more I just think we're going to be in for a great Batman movie. I just, from a visual standpoint, and just, especially in this trailer, I think it was called The Cat and the Bat was like the name for this trailer. But the Batman-Catwoman dynamic looks to be really great in this movie. And can't wait for that can't wait also too for just uh, the stuff we're gonna get with bruce and alfred because there was that line where uh, i believe it was bruce talking to Alfred where he's saying that he lied to him and i just really think we're gonna get something that's similar to the telltale batman game where there's going to be some dark secrets that bruce's parents and maybe the wayne family have that's going to be revealed uh to bruce in this movie and i'm really curious to find out what what that is if it is something similar to the that game or something totally different and just see how Bruce deals with it and how he moves forward as Batman with um, coming to the knowledge that maybe the Wayne family name isn't as good and clean as maybe he thought so that's always an interesting story dynamic that I loved in that game and would love to see explored in a movie too so um, again this movie just looks great the trailer we got for it was awesome It was nice that when I saw Spider-Man No Way Home for the third time, they already had this new trailer attached to it. So it was cool to see it on the big screen as well. So, yeah, Batman or the Batman continues to look awesome We're only a couple of months away from it now. Hopefully it doesn't get pushed back, but um, you never know. Movies are still kind of fluctuating now with the stuff that's still going on with the pandemic, but hopefully it still contains its uh, early March release, which I believe is March 3rd or March 4th but obviously we'll see it out of Thursday showing. So, But uh, that was just cool to get on uh, just a random Monday <laughs> new trailer for the Batman, so definitely had to make mention of that, as it was a pretty awesome trailer.
2: I wonder if it's going to be delayed, too.
1: I know, I'm still like, it's yeah. hard because we're so close to it, but at the same time, too, there's, they could still delay it, so yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting. And I could see him maybe want let's just put it in a summer release. All Batman movies have had summer releases previously, so why let's just wait a couple of months. I can totally see him doing that as well. Yeah,
2: yeah. Or maybe they might do the thing where the, the Disney thing where it's like, charge thirty thirty dollars to see this. Uh, I'll I'll or pay, it, pay it, it. Without question. <laughs> yeah, I'll pay it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll pay i I'll pay for that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but Probably after the uh, year they had with the day and day release of HBO Max and movies and for everything in 2021, they're probably not going to want to do that again, I imagine. (laughs)
2: Did did you pay for the uh, Black Widow?
1: Yeah, I did. Oh.
2: Yeah.
1: The only MCU MCU movie I didn't see in theaters. Yeah. Was it worth it? I think so, yeah. I mean, I've said it before how I invested in a nice home theater setup, so I kind of prefer watching movies at home uh, when I can. So the earlier, the better, in my opinion. But at the same time, too, when you talk about No Way Home and being in that crowd reaction when Toby and Andrew McGuire showed up, that's pretty awesome to experience, too. So there's still stuff I like about going to the movies. But just from watching a movie, um, just uh, being fully engrossed in it, I still find myself – I prefer to watch it at home more so than going to a movie theater.
2: Oh, yeah. And uh, speaking of No Way Home – uh, I asked my dad. Oh yeah, uh, how, how he liked it. He loved it.
1: Yes, yeah. uh, I was hoping you uh,
2: would. <laughs> for for the reason why you expected, because Tobey Maguire and um, uh, Andrew Garfield for a hit as <laughs> Spider-Man, yeah. and of course Tom Holland, um, and how he brought back all the all the villains. Uh, he really liked um, oh, what's his name, uh, Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. And uh, Willem Defoe. so yeah, he he really liked it,
1: and he went in kind of completely blind, right? Not knowing. Yeah
2: he does he doesn't know or care about uh, any of the little intricacies that were within that movie or that people Marvel fans really care about. He he doesn't care about that. So, uh, yeah he he went in, saw it, loved it, and then they uh, my parents saw it again, and uh, or they saw it three times, like you did
1: oh nice <laughs> well, <Yeah>. that's
2: awesome <laughs> uh, like I said my my mom for some reason I don't know what she would have uh seen him in she seen her in is uh she 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 really liked zendaya uh-huh. and she yeah, she hated dune <laughs> she, she she was like why is she only in the la- the last part of the movie yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they, they should have had her in the you know beginning and they should have had her done do this and that and the other thing and they, but she she liked it too because I had more of a, a little part in
1: it so definitely more than Duda <laughs> that's for sure
2: <laughs> so yeah they, they both loved it and, uh, especially my dad because he's such a Spider-Man fan for some reason
1: <laughs> just like the rest of us <laughs> yeah well, <he> awesome. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. to hear he liked it <laughs> yeah Cool. Well on that happy note, I guess that'll do it for our first episode of 2022, the first episode of Dublin Dane. <laughs> so I will go ahead and throw into Dublin Dane for the early outro.